Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Box Out Boys. We're here in week 11 of the college basketball season, still following the yellow brick road to March, uh, on our way to greatness. <laughs> and with that being said, I'm joined by my fellow co-host here, Spencer Clark, after a... Actually, I know we say this every week, but Spencer, this was a sensational week of college basketball. We had 13 teams in the top 25 lose, 11 of them coming on a crazy Saturday. Uh, basketball in, basketball aside, how are you doing? How was your week? My week was good. Um, like you said, just striving to be on mm. that path to greatness. Um, so waking yeah. up every morning and striving to do that, um, that's, how, that's how I attack every day. Now, in this episode, we're going to run through some previous games, as we just brought up, some news and some upcoming games we have here. Uh, on our previous games, you know, one of our podcast members, Spencer, uh, took a trip this weekend, you know, all the way to Wyoming? Correct. I was out in Wyoming, decided to tap into Wyoming-Fresno State, a classic Mountain West matchup. There was some bad blood in the air. Um, starting shooting guard for Fresno State transferred from Wyoming. Oh. oh. So they let him hear it. How was that? They let him hear was it. Was that comparable to no. – no? I, you know where I was going with that. I, I was going with the Tyrese Hunter coming back to Iowa State versus Texas. I know you know. Not comparable? Uh, you know, I don't know if it's because it was cold. I don't know if it's because it's Wyoming. But there was maybe – two to three thousand people at that game um so the 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 disdain was there the spirit to really get inside a player's head i just don't think their body count was there for that okay so not a filled stadium no nope i don't think there was a single person sitting in the upper level um but 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 they missed out on a game wyoming Trailing double digits most of the game, put it on in the last few minutes, game winner. Time expires, game winner. I love that. It was beautiful. Love that. So we had boots on the ground. Always love when we have boots on the ground. Clark, you've been on boots on the ground for us two times this year. I think it's about my turn. I'm going to have to get a Colorado State or Colorado ticket in my hand real quick. Uh, I'll be looking because, I mean, they're both in pretty fun conferences, or at least they're fun teams in fun conferences, but – you touch on the Mountain West, and, you know, as the season's going on, I'm getting more and more hyped up about that conference. People are saying they might have six bids, which blows my mind. That, that feels I inflated. think it's too many. Five? Four? I, I don't think that's unreasonable. I, I think I mean, four is probably the happy medium there. I think you got Utah State, potentially. Colorado State. Uh, Boise State. Is Boise State going to make it? Boise State's playing good basketball. Oh, my God. I guess that's three of them. But the Mountain West, they're exciting. New Mexico. New Mexico and Utah State are playing. We're coming to you live from our Super Tuesday action. We've got Kansas State, Baylor on in the background. Ready to see what happens there. Baylor's up right now, but we're holding out for K-State. I don't think they're quite done yet. It is the beginning of the game. But... You were boots on the ground for that game. Did you have any other good experiences with some other games this weekend or really get into them? Or do you have any other games from this previous weekend you want to touch on that was, I mean, absolutely a firework? Well, obviously, firecracker obviously we're a Big 12. 
I mean, that's no secret. We're a Big 12 podcast. So I think one of the bigger games yeah. was OU versus KU this weekend. I mean, what what was your initial OU thoughts on that KU. game? OU versus KU. So, you know, I, I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah, well, you'll, you'll understand why. You'll understand why. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was a fairly typical game. KJ Adams is starting to show a lot of life, which I think is great for that team, mm. scary for everybody else. But then kind of like we talk every every week, it's kind of the McCuller-Dickinson show, and they'll go as far as DeWan Harris takes them. He's that, Fact. He's that interesting piece in that. You know, and we did our rankings last week on the Big 12. Any changes in your mind on is, is K-State – not K-State. Is Kansas winning this? I, I think, Still too early. I don't but... think there's a ton of movement towards the top, as we were discussing. No. Um, but, like, teams like Cincinnati are playing they're, – they're kind of proven they, they belong in the conversation. University of Central Florida has been playing fun basketball. Um, they're competitive. They've won a few. Are you surprised? A little bit. I'm always surprised when any place like the University of Central Florida has success. Not because I, I dislike them. I just think they're piece of shit colleges. I'm super surprised that Cincinnati and UCF are kind of showing out. And then, you know, at this time, I think Houston's not. I think they have a lot of uh, – they can only go up. And I think they will only go up, but I mean, starting off 0-2, that's, I don't think that's where they thought they were going to be. Just browsing through the Reddit posts all the time, I'm just seeing Houston fans just not in shambles, but they're really embracing the like, welcome to the Big 12. They're like, holy shit, every game's so crazy. We're just adjusting to it right now. And, you know, we'll be, we'll be better for it when the tournament comes around, but I had a friend text me this weekend uh, about Houston potentially being frauds, being exposed, basically saying along the lines that, you know, in their past conference, they only had to get up for so many games. And so when they came to the NCAA tournament, they, they were ready to get up because they don't have to do it every weekend uh, like a, a power anybody in the Power Six conferences would have to. Do you agree with that notion or... Are you still buying into Houston? I'm still buying into Houston because they're a well-coached team. And I think that something that discredits that belief is they also have a guy who is from one of their best players, if not their best player, is a Big 12 lifer. So if anybody knows what a gauntlet the Big 12 is, it's LJ Cryer. Yes, they're led by the one and only Kelvin Sampson. I mean, he coached in the Big 12 as an assistant coach for a little bit too. So, I mean, he's got experience in the Big 12. LJ Cryer as a lifer might have to be put on a sweatshirt, a t-shirt or something. I love that line. LJ Cryer is a big 12 lifer Yes. on Baylor, just Baylor, right? Yeah. Before transferring to Houston. Yeah. I mean, he's the man I was impressed with. Actually, he had a bad game when they played against Iowa state, but still know that he's impressive. Still know that he's like the catalyst for their team right up there with Jamal Shedd. I'm in love with their team. I agree with you that they have the best backcourt in the nation. They're just a, a sick team. I think they're going to do better is basically uh, what I'm trying to say here. 
They're only going to go up. They're, they're only going to go up. Uh, I think there's a time to feel everything out. There's a lot of teams that were really good that are 13 and 3, 12 and 4, that are 1 and 2 in conference. I mean, yeah. that's how the Big 12 it's early. Big 12's been like that for the last um, 10 years. 10 years might be obscene, but it's a conference that eats, eats each other alive. And I think something that would surprise you is I was looking at DraftKings today and conference winner, Big 12, the favorite is still Houston at 0-2. Really? Makes no sense to me. I, I think a Baylor, uh, I'm not sold on Texas Tech. Kansas, you can get them at good odds right now. They're plus 200, 300 something. And then Iowa State is right up there as well. You know, I'm not buying into that one. I don't think we're going to win. I don't think Iowa State's going to win the Big 12. But I think this is going to be – um, I think it's going to be a close battle towards the top this year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be competitive all year, and it's going to be one of those that kind of sorts itself out the last week of the season, as I think it normally does. Yeah. Um, with all the Houston talk, usually the last week of the seasons, we're we're looking at one or two teams. To your point, I think we could be looking at potentially three, maybe four, at the end of the weekend, buying for that number one spot. We'll see. Uh, your thoughts on Houston, though? I, I think Houston, I think everybody wants to discredit Houston. I think it's probably because they're a smaller school new to the conference. But I think maybe we're not getting enough credit to TCU, who's been playing really good. And TCU's been a sneaky Big 12 team for a long time, it feels like. So to see them... And I think I think there's something to be said about that. I, I don't think people have fully bought in on the... On, on just on TCU's organization and basketball in general, because they came to the Big 12 and they weren't that, well, let's not sugarcoat it. They just weren't good for a long time. In recent years, they've kind of been a dark horse at times. You know, they finished towards the top, they finished in the middle, and then they've, what's really given them national credit is they've made a few runs in the tourney. And I'm not talking Final Four or. I'm just, they've made some sweet 16 runs. Uh, they've won a game. And then that means something to people who discredit this team and have discredited this team since they joined the Big 12, which I think is fair because they did not start off hot. But to your point right now, I think TCU is another dark horse. I, I'll, hey, hand up, both hands up, waving them in the air. Don't shoot. I'm discrediting TCU. I, I'm not saying they're not good. You know, Micah PV is a stud, but TCU is just, I don't know. They're just not the face of the Big 12 or not even one of the top five faces that I look at. And I think that's why they kind of have the reputation that they do. They're just – is because of their history. True. But, I mean, they've they come out so hot. They, they're they 2-1 and one in Big 12 play. And they really kind of got screwed at Allen Fieldhouse when they played Kansas. They should probably be 3-0 with, yeah. within the Big 12. And I – on that note, getting to that – you know, not the TCU-KU game, but the Oklahoma-KU game. I was unable to watch because I was being held prisoner, uh, gun to my head at the gym this weekend. Just couldn't leave until I saw the final score of this Texas A&M versus Kentucky. Kentucky was playing Texas A&M at home this weekend. And, you know, I, I put a lot of put a lot of my rocks, put a lot of the chalk on Texas A&M to get it done. I don't know why it felt like Kentucky's time to lose. You know, they had been one of the hottest teams in the nation. Uh, they shoot, they've been shooting over 40% from the three. I mean, Reed Shepard 
It shoots over 90% from the free throw. This Kentucky team blows my mind still. You know, Kentucky's back. It feels good to say, but this, you know, not looking at them overall, just this week felt like their time to lose. I was calling them dogs. And, you know, I was on the treadmill after doing a little other stuff and just watching this game. The last two minutes took 30 minutes. And I know because that's when I turned the game on again to resume it after watching the first. And I was just a captive prisoner at the gym. You know, I I, I do my 30 minutes on the treadmill. That's that's a pretty good day. You know, that's a little more than I'm usually doing. And so what do I do? I don't know. I'm looking around at random machines like I can't go and hit the sauna because I'm not going to bring my phone in. I can't hit the sauna until this game's over. So I'm just, you know, sitting on the sitting on the pectoral machines, just trying to get what I can going. And I'm just sweating this bet. You know, I'm standing up. I'm pumping, mm-hmm. fist pumping. I'm racing the roof when Texas A&M's doing good. And then Kentucky forces overtime. You know, the, let's run through the last 60 seconds of this game, basically. Two minutes, whatever. All you need to know is Wade Taylor the fourth was absolutely brilliant, lights out, could not miss from the three. You would have thought he was the best player on the court. All of a sudden, Coach Calipari sends in Rob Dillingham. Dillingham comes in. You know what he does? He makes three or four threes in a row. He becomes the hottest person on the court. Forces OT, essentially, and from there, we just have a back-and-forth battle. Texas A&M pulls it out because Wade Taylor's still hot. He cannot miss. He is... Now maybe my favorite person in basketball, just recency bias, bias. See, he's my favorite player in college basketball right now. And then there's Javon Quinterly right under him. But holy shit, I haven't seen a player ball out like that in a long time. I didn't see that in Texas A&M's game against Iowa State. They're a very inconsistent team. But did they show up for this game against Kentucky? Well, what was the final score? 97-92, Texas A&M and OT. Wade Taylor is that man. He's so sick. And I'm happy that if I was being held prisoner in jail at gunpoint, that it was with that game because it was entertaining. Yeah, I think I think Coach Cal finally got one of them teams. I I I Wade Taylor, I think I said at the beginning of the year that he's probably gonna be the SEC player of the year. I think you can chalk that one up as a correct prediction on my behalf. He's still he's still up there. He's got to be up there. I mean, who else would be there? Uh, SEC though, that's tough to compete with Kentucky. He's got to deal with Shepard and Dalton Connect. Those guys, or, yeah. those guys would be better NBA players than him. But he's just the quintessential college player. He's that guy that you want. He's that dude down the stretch. But this game, Facts. Kentucky lost by five. But you come away from this game kind of being a little more convinced that Kentucky might actually be for real. And I think they are. They had a ton of good young guys. Reed Shepard is probably going to be a top five, top ten pick. He's played himself into that range this year. A Tyler Hero, my a mind. Tyler Hero comp. Malik Monk. Is that what he's getting? He's getting a Tyler Hero comp. That's what I just gave him. I mean, he's oh, six three. Well, I'm sure the analysts are giving it to him. Six three one ninety shoots the ball well. I mean, his Kentucky team. The thing is. We know what wins in March, and it's not youth. It's experience. So I think they got some good experience. You do? Definitely this week. I mean, this week against Texas A&M, it was a hostile environment. 
you had a Kentucky team going up against a, a team that was two-dimensional. They had Wade Taylor, and then they had a, a big boy down low. I'm, I'm not going to riff his name off here, but that man was right in there for him, putting everything back up. Kentucky was getting – Kentucky's seven-footers for not the most part, but just they were kind of getting – no, okay, I, I can't say Kentucky's seven-footers were getting out dueled because actually they were kind of showing up and going hand – but they weren't playing a lot of minutes. So when they weren't in, Texas A&M's, were, they were just able to eat up down low. And, I mean, it was fun to watch because this Texas A&M team's been inconsistent most of the year, like a lot of college basketball teams. But, I mean, they're one of those teams that are always being pushed at you, like, for real or fraud. Right. And I generally I generally lean fraud. But, I mean, I think, I think Buzz has got a good team going this year. You know, they keep this up. I hope to see some Wade Taylor in March. Remember that name, hopefully. Remember, Wade Taylor. Wade Taylor the fourth. Wade Taylor the fourth. Put the fours up. The fours up. And then another game I watched this weekend was the San Diego State-New Mexico game. Uh, Not going to get into it too much, but, I mean, San Diego State, they returned some some good – they returned some key pieces, lost some key pieces, uh, notably the transfer to Arizona. But San Diego State, they've been looking good these past couple weeks. New Mexico kind of been untested. We're talking Mountain West here. And they absolutely ate them up. Uh, they ended up winning 88-70. Domination. You know, at the pit. So that's what I'd call it, domination. The New Mexico Lobos. What is a Lobo? A Lobo, it's got to be a – oh, is it like a cowboy? I don't – I think it's like a cowboy. I – is, is that the Aggies logo? Is a lobo like a wolf? A lobo. I'm getting a lobo is a a wolf. A lobo is a wolf. Oh, you knew this? Yeah, I'm familiar with lobos and wolves and that tree of animals. Watch a lot of nature documentaries, mostly grizzly bears, but occasionally a wolf sneaks its way in there, or a lobo in this instance. So, on these nature documentaries, are they? Is like a lobo, like almost like a, a mythical wolf, like the ones in Game of Thrones, or no? That is it. Just a that's just regular wolf. Just what they call them in southwestern America. Oh, is lobo Spanish for wolf? Oh, I don't know if that's what it is. Maybe. Mm, hey. Maybe. The jury's not out. Fact, can we get our fact checkers on that real quick? Yeah, we'll get that answer for you in like ten minutes. Yeah, we'll have our people check that. Um, but I mean, those are the, after a crazy weekend. I think it's absolutely absurd. Those are the only games we're really recapping. But those were the big ones that I tuned into, and kind of all I wanted to touch on for those past games. Any more comments on our previous week here? Um, I, I mean, I think it's important to I touch on Houston, Creighton, but... Creighton, and um, St. John's. And Creighton won, obviously. Shireman Cockrenner did their thing. But the real story out of that yeah. one is the Patino quote after the game in which he said, when we lose, I hate the fucking world. I don't believe in those valiant efforts on the road. I feel like I want to kill myself, jumping into the cold and die of frostbite. That's the kind of coach you want. You want somebody that wants to win so goddamn bad. If they don't, they're ready to kill themselves. Lifetime contract. I'm so happy you just brought that up. Because I put that on the, the news and notes right here. Got the full quote. You absolutely killed it. 
he said that on live TV in a game presser. And at first, I kind of thought my my initial reaction was, oh, no, Patino, what are you doing? We finally got you at a Power Six conference. What are you doing to yourself here? Right. But as it's aged, that was awesome. You know, he came out there and just let him know, I'm not a fan of losing. And I'm definitely not a fan of losing on the road. We're not, we're, I'm not just going to go back to the boys. Hey, guys, guys, you played really well this weekend. Uh, I know it was a road game, but you guys gave it your best. No, he's going to say, let's all go jump in the cold and die of frostbite. Imagine, imagine being That's a, a crazy thing to say. Imagine being a freshman guard or being a guard on that team, having a few turnovers, not playing your best game, and you're getting on the bus, and you get on Twitter, and you read that your coach told America he wanted to kill himself. Would you feel you'd have to feel a little guilty about it? I don't know how you couldn't. Well, I mean, if something happened, definitely. Right. Well, yeah. And Patino, I mean, <laughs> nobody's ever been able to rein Patino in. So why start now? He's just just let him say whatever the fuck he wants. Let everyone say whatever they want in post game. That's why we love Lamar. That's why we love Ant. Just let everyone talk. Say whatever you want to say. I, I have You're touching on something good here. I have long felt that a sports network where the announcers are unfiltered would be the best selling thing in America. Well, do you feel the same way when uncensored um I'm gonna butcher his name or actually just not remember it. Um Okay. Who's the really high guy? You know who I'm talking about? Talking about Bill Walton, I believe. It's like Bill Yeah basketball legend. Do you Bill agree? Walton. Do you think? Do you like listening to him call games? Depends how high I am. Yeah, but like he's not even like <laughs> referring to the sport. Like I'm talking, like when an Eagles corner misses a tackle last night, and the guy in the booth calls him a fucking pussy for not form tackling. That's something that I'd tune into because that's something you can point at the camera or the the TV and say, yeah, he's got a real point there. Bill Walton's just talking about the most random shit. Occasionally, nine eleven, he sneaks okay. in there. That's a good way to separate Bill Walton versus all the other announcers we're trying to clarify here. Do you think these announcers, if they get to say whatever they want, or just coaches, any any uh, sports personality really, do you think there should be punishment for it? And what I not what I mean by that is not like NCAA slamming down. You can't say that because no, we've clarified they can say whatever they want. Do you think there should be, I don't know, say somebody gets jumped after something they said? Is that fair game? Say they get canceled, immediate hate? I'm not going to do that stuff. No, but I'm sure the general public will. I don't think I'm going to advocate for jumping coaches and announcers after games. But don't you expect that? No. Somebody's on there saying – I mean, what what – You could start saying some of these obscene things. I feel like we're on a slippery slope. I'm not talking completely unfiltered. We're not going to spread like Nazi propaganda after games. Okay. But we're going to, we're going to call a game how we see a game. Is that where you're at? Right. Right. And what did your head go to there as to what you thought people might want to say? My head went, they could start saying whatever they want, but I understand where you're coming from. You know, it's just let these personalities be their personalities, you know, let Patino say what he's going to say. And let's not filter some some A plus characters right. out here. I mean, you know that Patino quote was amazing. I can't believe we have that out there. That's forever a meme. That's forever gonna be there. 
Yeah, all I'm saying is if someone wants to post a semi-misogynistic reel with Mike Tomlin in it, let them. That's all I'm saying at the end of the day. Free my man. Free my man. And I hope he's listening too because that one's for you. And uh, and only he'll know. So. And now, and honestly, why we're in the coach's corner here, um, Nate Oates yeah. did push a player tonight. His own? Nope. Yeah. And and you know what? People are going to be upset about it. He was on his bench, gave him a little shove to get away. It was light. It was a light tap, I thought. And he's he's getting eaten alive about it. He shoved a Missouri player. Assaulted. Thoughts? Sorry, I'm just a little speechless right now. Uh it's not every day you hear about a college basketball coach. And, and hey, it's I'm hearing this for the first time live. This is the first time I'm hearing this. Nate Oates, Nate Oates. shoved a Missouri basketball player? Correct. I think I'll have to see that video. But, I mean, when you just hear that no context, it doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't sound good. For, for Nate Oates. And, and I'm usually pretty pro-shoving people. But I, I don't love it from that perspective. Marcus Smart shoving a Texas Tech fan. Give it to me every day of the week. That's just Marcus Smart. Yeah. He was already a villain. Uh, I think he was just trying to boost those villain numbers up, and he did a great job. That's honestly one of the biggest villains I remember right. from back in the day. But let's uh, corral this here because I got a little flabbergasted that Nate Oates shoved a player. I mean, just when's the last time you heard about a, a coach shoving a player? That's something I'd expect to hear from the Michigan you know, team, you know, Jawan Howard shoves somebody. Right. And so that five got back together this week. Did you see that? Yes. And on that topic, let's move to these news and notes. We got the fat five coming back together this week for the Ohio state game. There had to, that couldn't have been random. That had to be, we're coming back to, we lost on the football field, but basketball is all that matters to the fat five. So let's show them what's up. And to everyone's surprise, Michigan won a game. Because at the beginning of the season, if you would have asked me, I thought Michigan was really good. Yeah. I, I kind of thought they were. They were putting points up. They they looked the part. When I watched them, they just had good offense. And I didn't, it didn't really matter that their defense wasn't that good because their offense just was always able to do it. But they've struggled a lot. They've lost a lot of games. I don't expect I, – I, if I ever see Michigan versus anybody, I'm expecting an L. And, and that's up. That's included with Louisville. If it's Louisville, Michigan, I'm putting Louisville over Michigan. Really? Now that's bold. You're right. Yeah. But hey, Louisville's playing some inspired hey. basketball. Hey, they beat they beat Miami this week, and so that's sad because you know if you're a fan of Miami, that's Wooga Poplar, uh, that's Nigel Pack. They have so they. I mean, they're the team that's going to rival Houston for best backcourt in the in the nation. I mean, those are, those are two studs right there, both shooting around 40% and they lost to Louisville. So what do we say to Louisville at that point? Or sorry, what do we say to Miami at that point? You know, if, if they were had aspirations for a deep run in the tournament. Eh, what, what do you think about it? How do you feel about it all? I mean, I like, Nigel I think Pack. I'm ready to say Miami, you're, you're not making a final four run this year. Is, you can't lose to Louisville 
You can't lose to this team, man. Is Miami just in hope to have any success? Miami just feels like such an unserious place, kind of like an Arizona State, except they have more money. It feels like they're just both seem like very just unserious schools. Known for their hot, known for hot girls and partying. Yeah. And then they can occasionally get a few good athletes because of that. So are you saying if they were, if Miami was elsewhere, maybe in like North Carolina, Texas, somewhere that took it a little more seriously, you think they'd be a, they'd be conference champions more so than not? Because I mean, I think they've had recent success, but I mean, historically, they are a good basketball program. They just they don't get it all the way done. They never. You know what I'm just, saying? They, they they don't get it all the way done. It never fully clicks. And and is that why? I you know too many girls, too many too much, too much beach, too much blow. Yeah, I'm not accusing anyone of doing blow, well, but it comes with the territory. Oh, it's no. Miami Vice. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there's people that wouldn't want you to look into that any more than we are. And we're not saying Nigel Pack or Wooga Poplar are doing blow, but we're just saying as Wooga Poplar mostly. That's a great name to do blow too. I guess it, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it's a great I blow. Understand where you're coming. I'm just saying <laughs> from my standpoint, I think it'd be hard to solely focus on basketball if I was living in Miami, getting paid what those guys are getting paid to play college hoops. Yeah. My interest might be elsewhere some of the time when it's supposed to be on hoops. They're probably hoping they just get drafted straight to the heat. They're like, let's not change things up too much. No, no, we got a good deal here. You think the Hurricanes and the Heat have a relationship at all? I doubt it. Right? I, I'd bet not. They're right there, though. I, I just, I think I'd hope so more than actually realistically they do. I think that'd be fun, but they, they definitely don't. No. We'd know about this. Shit would get out. They definitely don't. Because it'd be like, do you think... But yeah, I don't know. It's a fun thought. It is a fun thought. I get where you're going with it. Okay. Moving on to the rest. I love that you covered two of my news topics. Really? Without even bringing them up. Yeah, you just knew. Yes. We touched on Patino. We touched on the Fab Five attending the game. Yep. And circling back to the Fab Five, wrapping that one up. So they attended the game, Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan won 73-65 in front of the Fab Five. I think that had something to do with it. And then there was a headline I saw right after the game that said, Fab Five reunite at Michigan with message of family. No other than family. That was their message. You know, they were in the locker room. Jawan Howard was there. And they were like, family, guys. You guys seen the Fast and Furious movies? Because that's what the community and culture we should have here. It should be about family. And I just couldn't take that seriously. It's pretty rich coming from the Michigan organization. Juwan Howard being included kind of just taints that whole message. He, I, think. I think he's the Paul Walker um, of that of that crew. The coolest one? Mm, no. <laughs> or the one we, the one you can do without. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going with that. I don't think they can do – I don't think that franchise can do without Paul Walker. Forget about but it, I bro. think the franchise of Michigan can do without Juwan well, Howard. And you know what? I mean, I if we're talking – this year. 
we'll see if that, we make it to the end that of the has, year. That has a resignation all over it. And that's them walking in and saying, here's the deal. You can either say you resigned or we're going to tell people we fired you. But you're done coaching. Well, here. it used to be it used to be Kenny Payne at Louisville, and then there was a huge gap between the rest of the college basketball organiz- organizations for embarrassment. And, you know, it's like, look at every other school is respectable. They're doing fine. Nobody's doing all these egregious things or not, right. not really honoring the program that they work at. And now it's Louisville with Kenny Payne. And, I mean, shit, they just beat Miami, so he might be there for a little bit longer. And then there is Michigan, very close to him now. Yeah. Just with what's what the hell is going on, man? You know, shaking your head. Um, I mean, Louisville and Michigan are huge college basketball and sports programs in general. I don't understand how what is happening is allowed to continue to happen. It feels like a joke, but it's really fun to watch. I'll say that. I have fun watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's watching watching brand names lose games is fun sometimes. <laughs> Take this past weekend, for example, it... Cowboys Eagles. See ya. Mm. Mm. Buy Eagles, buy. Mm. Ooh. Buy Eagles, buy. That's tough. That's tough. But it will be fun when these organizations come back, too, and we get a good Michigan team again. I, I don't know when that'll happen. And then we get a good Louisville. When Louisville's good again, That'll be really fun because I don't think anybody watches those games, and I don't think anybody gives a fuck that we're talking about. Fuck them. no! What I think people are thinking. Why? The f- I think people are. When's the last time you heard about Louisville? And and I'm thinking right now, and it's probably Peyton Siva era, same era when Kevin Ware snaps his leg. Donovan Mitchell was there. That's what I was but like, he was there. And then Mich- yeah, Michigan. I think that's the last time. Trey Burke, Mitch McGarry, Nick Stauskas decade ago like i i oh personally God. i personally couldn't give a shit less if these teams ever make a return to greatness i kind of hope louisville does there's just something about this long story where it would be so fun to see that team okay and could i quickly change my my mind when they become good again like this isn't fun anymore Ooh. of course yeah, i think well, that's such I a think you have you to know, remain true for a little while uh, yeah, for a little while, of course, because it'll still be fun then. But once it stops being fun, whenever that is, because, you know, they've been on this the, the biggest college basketball program history decline ever. Mm-hmm. And if they came up, you know, we'd have a little fun with it. Just like, ah, Kentucky lost to Louisville or Louisville beat Duke on the road in a neutral game, you know, whatever. It would be fun. Yeah. So I want Louisville to come back because, yeah, the last thing I remember about Louisville is Kevin Ware – completely just blowing up his leg and then Rick Pitino getting fired. And then I guess most recently they told them that, Hey, your national championship doesn't count, but and he had a tattoo. What does that mean? We, we all watched. It. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing. Like they took Reggie Bush's Heisman away. It's like, all right, we're still going to, everyone in the free world is still going to refer to them as champions, Heisman winners. Like you erased it from some book. No. Right. Like, there's kids. There's kids in Africa with no, those you... championship shirts. They've made it over there. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to see those on the gram more than I do because 
it would just feel like an alternate reality seeing all those shirts that they say and who knows how real that is that they say you know post championship they give all the shirts and you know memorabilia that they were going to give out they give them to uh kids in africa you know what now that i'm saying that out loud that sounds pretty bullshit i is that real like or is that just something semi undertone of racist that somebody brought up Ooh, it is it does have a real racial undertone it has a racial undertone that but, i don't like supporting but here's my question are you stating by not thinking it's true that you think that big government has it picked out at the beginning of the year who's going to win so they only print one side of the shirts No, I think they definitely print both sides. I just what do you think they do with them? You know, I'm not sold on the fact that they just ship them over to Africa. I don't no know. free merch. Maybe they burn them. Do you think they recycle them? Mm, I can't imagine they recycle them. I don't. I'm not confident recycling is real. You know what? That is a really good topic, and I could actually really get into that. I, and so that's why I can't. Well, no, and hear I me out on this because because I know are you. Are you like people can recycle in their homes and this and that, but people that are driving those trucks that pick up your recycling and trash, I don't think they give a fuck. And I think they all get combined, whether it's in a truck at the landfill. I don't completely buy recycling as a whole. Okay, folks, if, if you're listening right now and you're hearing this recycling debate, I urge you to do your own research because Clark is onto something, you know, we preach and we preach recycling as to we should. our whole society sustainability. of America, as we should. Yes, sustainability. The message is right. The practice and the steps after the message are not right. If you actually look at what's going on with recycling, it is, it's a goddamn travesty. There's a pun in there somewhere that I could have thrown out, but I cannot get into recycling because this is a topic I'm actually passionate about and I could go on. You know, it's not actually going to these places, this and that. But to continue on to our news and notes and and get off this uh, this tangent that was about to happen, UConn is number one in the AP poll for the first time since spending four weeks there in the second half of the 2008-2009 season. During that time, they won three national championships. So number one means nothing to them. And it, who knows? Is this a curse? Mm-hmm. UConn being number one? No, but I will say this. three championships without it. I will say two things about UConn. A, I've heard people start referring to them as Kling Kong, Kling Kong like King Kong, but Donovan Klingon, which I love. Might be my new favorite thing. I love that too. Might be my new favorite thing. And that's a team that's going to at some point this year lose three or four in a row. And everybody's gonna forget about them, yeah. and that's when you—that's when you put that money down on that future bet. Yep. Final four. I'm national not sure the national championship. Okay, maybe maybe do both because if they're gonna hit if if the championship one's gonna hit to you, then the final four one's gonna hit too. So double down on that. Yep, I couldn't agree more. And what I will say about this UConn team though is they have. Uh, lost. They they lost recently, I believe, to Seton Hall, but they haven't had Klingon. To be fair, and, and that's the big. To be fair, who hasn't lost to Seton Hall? That's right. They, I mean, one of the hottest teams in the country right now, playing Xavier tonight. Or no, that's Butler. Sorry, but Seton Hall, one of the hottest teams in the country, yeah. in the second best conference in the nation. You know, some people say number one, but Ken Palm doesn't. 
They say Big 12 is number one. They say Big East is number two. And it's a considerable margin. So let's just put that out there. But on the flip side, UConn becomes number one for the first time since 2008-2009 season. Gonzaga falls out of the top 25 for the first time since 2016. And that's our boy Ryan Nemhard right there. Okay, that's my boy Ryan Nemhard right there. It's sad to see. Yeah. I got to say. You know, everything they thought they had is – because they did get uh, some good pieces. They have Ike. They have Nemhard. Those two right there should have been enough to catalyst that team to a clear West Coast Conference victory. They, they should easily be having that. But honestly, I was looking again at DraftKings today. Guess who's favored to win that conference? The West Coast Conference. Same. It's interesting, it's isn't it? favored St. Mary's. It is interesting. I believe. It makes you wonder, are they going to get any bids for an NCAA champion? I mean, aside from whoever wins the tournament. That's a given. And They might be a one-bid bid league this year. I mean, yeah, they very well could be. And we got to choose between Zaga and St. Mary's. And I, I don't feel good about either of those teams. Well, I think we had a real disagreement on St. Mary's this year. Well, we are having a season-long disagreement on St. Mary's. I will say I have not watched them since I watched two or three of their games, and they absolutely disappointed, didn't look like a real basketball team out there, played with no effort. It's been like a month since I've seen one of their games, so maybe they're getting a little better, you know? But... I think what you should take away from this is the West Coast Conference, one bid league, the Mountain. They might be a four to six bid league this year. They're definitely a better league. I think league. that's fun parity. Now, why don't or a fun? Why don't we just get yeah. those two leagues to combine? Honestly, that's a good point. Regionally, it makes sense. Do you think the West Coast Conference be, are too good for the Mountain West? I think they have for a long time. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, Are they, they all private schools? Is the West Coast all private schools? You have San Francisco, Pepperdine. Are those private Santa Clara? Are those private schools? You know what? I've actually never thought about that, but I think they are. Well, because the three you named, Santa Clara, Pepperdine, and Zaga, and St. Mary's, they're all private schools. You know what? Yeah. Now that it's you say that, I have private. no reason not to say that. And all yeah. but two are... Um, they're all Christian institutions, with all but two being Catholic. Good for them. It's a damn shame BYU isn't in there. Well, that's a sort of Christianism. Is it? Is that what, is Mormonism a Christianism? Not is that Christianity? <laughs> uh, they, what is Mormonism? Yes, uh, it is a. I feel like it, it. They call it Mormonism, which makes it sound like its own sect. But they are a branch of Christianity because, if I recall correctly, it's like the 1800s. They had John Smith, and he was living in like Ohio or something, and had a revelation to go out to Utah, and then he went out to Utah and he started Mormonism. Yeah, and he started the Church of Latter Day Saints, and it's been really weird there ever since. It's, a, Honestly, it's an interesting religion. Also an interesting religion, while we're on the topic of religion, Islam. Yeah. But you could say the same thing about Christianity, too. You could. Because I know some good 
is Islamic stories. I, I was sitting. They're pretty crazy and far fetched. I was, but so is Catholicism. Correct. I was sitting in the airport in Denver on Thursday. Oh. And there was a man praying next to me on a rug. Perfectly. Do your thing. Came over and introduced himself to me. He was from Somalia. Talked to him for probably an hour. And he was a good guy. But I'll tell you what. I might as well have been a 6'5", 360-pound defensive lineman. And he might as well have been the Nick Saban of Islam. Because he wanted me on that team. Oh, you were getting recruited this weekend. A hundred percent. Reading me passages from the Quran. Left me his number in case I had any questions about the religion. Did he give you some stories? Um, he was married. You know some two stories wives. from the Quran. Uh, yes. Well, he told me um, Quran. Quran. What did I say? Quran. Like crayon. That's, I said it too. Yeah. Uh, that's just uh, our, our Western Hemisphere right. speaking right that's, now. Sorry. That's just our bad guys. But yeah, he mm. told me a few stories. They were all stories that I had heard um, from being a Lutheran Christian. Um, Noah, Noah's Ark being the biggest one. Are you a Lutheran Christian? I am. You look appalled by that. I never knew that. No, no, more surprised. I just, I've, I've known you for however many years I have. Like, I want to say six. That feels like a long time. Mm. It might be more than that now. Might be more than but, that. But, you know, I've really known you for a good amount of years now. And I did not know you were Lutheran. So, I, I am a little surprised. But, no, nothing against it. It falls under the branch of Catholicism. Uh, not that I'm a, a practicing religious person. But, you know, that doesn't matter, I guess. I do know some good stories from the Quran, though. Yeah. And well, it feels... If, if you haven't read them, I, I urge the listeners to go out and, and get the main ones from the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah. Uh, he astroplaned just all across the world at one point. It's very, it, very, very interesting stuff, but not that far out from Catholicism or, or Christianity either, you know, with those stories of right. Jesus. You know? It feels like sometimes Jesus and the Prophet Muhammad are just interchanged. To a degree. Yeah. But if you really get into it, it's pretty different. But like, yeah, if, you, if you're if you looking at it from the outside without trying to hardcore investigate it, so they pretty much, they're both prophets. Yeah. And, and they both started this huge chain of events. And now here we are in the 21st century on a podcast talking about it. Moving on with our news and think, notes Do you here. think Javon Quinterly is a prophet? the college basketball game i do you think that's why he stuck around so long? i do yeah i mean from what i've been watching yeah uh, the memphis's last game they finally had a blowout put up around 90 to 100 points uh absolutely obliterated the team they were playing and it was the first you know kind of put together team game they've had where they didn't not need the prophet javon quinterly to you know come in clutch for them at the end of the game and, and have that game winning shot but he did it two or three times before this, and I am absolutely subscribed to the religion of Javon Quinterly. You know, I can't say it enough. Watch out for that guy in March. Wade Taylor the fourth, Javon Quinterly. These are guys. These are guys I want on my team in March. These are guys I want to be backing and betting in March. Yeah. But here's something else that the NCAA is doing. You know, this is across the whole scope of sports and not just basketball, but it applies to basketball. 
So if you have not heard cannabis, the NCAA is voting to remove marijuana from the list of substances, including a drug screenings. Here's a quote from Pat Chun, the athletic director at Washington, Washington State and chair of the Strategic Vision and Planning Committee. Real quick, that gives me a lot of questions about what the NCAA actually is. Why is, why is the guy from Washington State involved? I, I don't That's understand. Most, That's neither here nor there. Most obvious. That's, topic That's the most here. obvious state to be like, let's legalize weed. So he came out and said they're, they're doing a vote on it to remove it because cannabis, quotes, cannabis is not a performance-enhancing drugs and performance-enhancing drug. And we determined that the drug testing conducted at NCAA championships should focus on substances that impact competitive outcomes. What are your thoughts on that statement? He said not a performance-enhancing drug. Do you think it is to some people? Probably. I don't know. Do you think it is? I do think it is to some people. Definitely not uh, Not that I partake, but if I did, definitely not to me. And, you know, some people I talk to, though, just to, you know, pick their brain and understand more about this drug cannabis, they tell me, hey, you know, I start really getting in the zone. I start really playing a lot better off the weed. Off the weed. And so that boggles my mind. But I'm not going to say it's performance enhancing, but, I mean, we're in the 21st century. We've heard stories from NFL players, college basketball players, NBA players. Well, they'll smoke before every game because yeah. it gets their mind right and gets them in the zone. So that sounds performance enhancing to me. However, I don't want that to sound like an argument that they shouldn't be voting to take this off the drug screening because they totally should. It's absolutely stupid. That That's just the only word for it. It's just really stupid that they're still testing for this in the 21st century with how, however many states have legalized it. So yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, you know me, I'm pretty, pretty anti-pot. Um... But I think, I think for this to be outlawed would be a good thing um, to, out, to outlaw the testing of it. I mean, who really gives? Yeah, that? quit testing NCAA. Quit doing it. And honestly, quit doing it. I think they already stopped doing it because otherwise Texas wouldn't be able to field a basketball team. True. If you listen to one of our earlier shows, we had a, a whole segment on Texas players are definitely getting high. Ooh. They're definitely partaking in that. Dylan DeSue. Yeah. He's back. He's back. But Better than ever. Shout out Bryson Tiller. To close up our, our topics and our news, I folded this week. I did it. I bought Kempom. And you know what? That man has a lot of information to give out is what I'll say. You can buy a subscription for, I think it's like $21.99 or something. And it lasts you the whole year. Is it a good deal? I feel like it is with all the information he's giving. But what I will say is I have no idea what to do with all these numbers that are out there. The most fun thing that I've found is there's this category called fan match. And he gives the prediction for every game going into it with like a, a percentage next to it with how like confident he is in that team winning without confident he is in his model predicting that team to win. And while it's definitely not going to be a hundred percent because holy hell, if, if that was the case, you know, we'd all have life figured out. Right. It is fairly accurate in my first week. Astonishingly, astonishingly accurate. If you are a betting man, purchase Kempom, get this subscription, look at the games, but also have your own independent knowledge because he's going to be wrong sometimes. 
-hmm. But you're going to, when you have that independent knowledge, you're going to know when he's wrong. You're going to have some successful betting campaigns. So Kempom, it's awesome. On this Super Tuesday, he also rates the most exciting games. What game do you think he rated most exciting on our Super Tuesday today? Mm. I, I'll give you a second. I hope it's Iowa State BYU. It was Iowa State BYU by a landslide. That's, and that's a great game. And I almost, I almost said Florida Tennessee, but Tennessee's kind of been a little slower. But they blew Florida out tonight. So I almost went there, but okay. they, they blew them out. If we're looking at it, I don't think you're going to be surprised. The, gosh, what is this? Top ten, top eight. We'll see when I'm done. The top game, Iowa State at BYU. Then we get TCU at Cincinnati. Baylor at Kansas State. St. John's, who is without Rick Pitino tonight due to COVID. Get better, Rick Pitino. Heal from that COVID. Utah State at New Mexico. That's Mountain West, baby. That's what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. That should be higher up, in my opinion. Wake Forest at NC State. Texas A&M at Arkansas. Then we have Tennessee at Florida. And then to round it out, we have Xavier at Butler. That's fun, Big East. Xavier winning, 85 to 71. Mm-hmm. And we have Kansas State or Kansas at Oklahoma State, which is crazy for just Oklahoma State being 108 in Ken Palm to be up there. But I mean, that just speaks to the Big 12 and Kansas in general. So, yeah, I mean, just, just relevant. They're just kicking around. We got some fun games this week, as we traditionally like to do. Yeah. I'll give you a few games. You give me okay. you give me quick thoughts on them. Does okay. that work for you? Can we go day by day? Tomorrow night. Wednesday. Yeah. 17th. Creighton Yukon. Who do we got? Creighton Yukon. Oh. It's at Yukon. I gotta go Yukon. But I mean in wait, okay. If Yukon has Klingon and is healthy, UConn wins. I don't want to say 100% because they just need a team to get physical with them, and Creighton has the absolute best pieces to get physical with people, with Colt Bretter, and, and the rest of their stud, star-talented roster. They should be doing way better than they are mm-hmm. with the people they have. Just absolutely one of the scariest starting five, in my opinion. But got to give it to UConn, you know. 74-69. 74-69. A 15-point win is what you're predicting. No, no, no. 74-69. Five-point win. 74-69. That is basic math that I was struggling to do there. So I appreciate that. And I'm going to be honest. I, I'm giving out my own personal opinion, but just, you know, I, I can't bullshit you. Uh, 74-69 is, is Ken Palm's prediction. Oh. In, in this instance, I, yeah. I happen to follow with it. Well, I happen to Down believe to the it. Point. I would have chosen Yukon Yeah. So you're going to live and die with Ken Palm? No, no, I won't. And that's what I was trying to make clear is while I will look at what the prediction is, it's not something I'm necessarily going to stand by at all. If I believe it to be not true and think his model is off on a certain game, I'll let you know. But on this one, out. you feel – But in this instance, yeah, Yukon. Okay. Over Creighton. Okay. And now – I hope I'm wrong. No, I would love a Creighton win. That would be awesome. That would be fun. All right, Thursday night, kind of a slower night. Friday night, yeah. a, team that, a team that I really like, Wisconsin. Okay. 
I, they're, they're a fun team this year. Somehow Chucky Hepburn's only a junior. Feels like he's been around forever. I was going to say, I thought he graduated. Chuck, he has changed his hairstyle up quite a few times. I believe he's rocking which the, is why you the Wiz Khalifa patch right now, which honestly should have never went out of style. Is he still rocking that? Because that's what I remember him rocking two years ago. Yeah, I think he's still rocking that. Which, you know what? Honestly, shout out Chuck Pepper. He's committing to the bit. I mean, that would he he would do well with the NCAA removing marijuana off the drug off the drug screening list. He would do well. Right. If he, he could really have a persona <laughs> like that if he wanted to. Um, but that that was Constantine sneaky good. A lot of guys still on that team. Feels like it's at Wisconsin. It feels like a Wisconsin win. I I want I want to see Indiana get their win, but I don't think it's going to come Friday. That that Wisconsin team had a bunch of guys Dude. that played as freshmen a few years ago, and they're all just kind of still moping around. Tyler Wall's still there. He's a senior. Stephen Crow, seven foot junior. Chucky junior. Oh. Like they just have guys that have been there for so long. It feels like. And honestly, I mean, Tyler was the only senior you mentioned. I don't expect any of these players to leave. No, they'll be back next year. Any of these juniors, sophomores, freshmen. Wisconsin is playing good ball. They're the only team I can think of right now with the Terrence Shannon Sharp incident that we have not touched on. but Or no, just Terrence Shannon Jr., sorry. With that, shout out Shannon. With that whole incident, shout out Shannon Sharp. But with Terrence Shannon, that whole incident going on, it doesn't look like he'll touch the basketball court again. So Illinois, for me, is out of contention. I mean, they're still a good team. They just they don't have that ceiling that they had with Terrence. So they're missing the first I mean, team All-American. That's just the Big Ten overall. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I mean, they're missing a potential Wooden Smith Award. I mean, would he even have gotten gotten it? No, it's going to go to Zach Eady. But, I mean, he was up there. He was a challenger. Yeah. I mean, kicking around. He, he's stud. Been a stud for a long time. Um, moving on a little bit. Some Saturday, I mean, there's good games. There's a few games that really pop out. But I wouldn't say there's any do-not-miss games. I mean, if you if you got something going on, tune in every now and then. Uh, BYU-Texas Tech is an interesting game. Texas Techs have been a yep. crazy fucking overachieving team this year. It's been impressive. Purdue comes to and Iowa. Wayne, let's touch on that BYU Texas Tech. Just talking about Texas Tech real quick. They're a team that's not really on my radar, um, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore them. They're undefeated in the Big Twelve. They're still not getting their due. I was reading an article the other day where. They were doing Big 12 rankings. It was the stupidest article I've ever read. They were also doing Big 12 rankings with the four Pac-12 teams that are coming in. So just ignore that. But they had Texas Tech at number seven. Uh, in the write-up, they didn't even acknowledge that they'd continue to win games. They referred to Baylor as the only undefeated team in the Big 12. Texas Tech is right up there. Undefeated, defying logic right now because – you know, they're kind of turning into our Oklahoma where we thought, you know, they're going to come in and be a good dark horse. And they still can be. They have a lot of time. 
But I'm very impressed with Texas Tech right now. Shouldn't be because they're a good program. But, I mean, coming into this year, they didn't have any big names on the radar. It's not like they were had success to carry over from last year. And now here they are tied for first in the Big 12. That'll be a good game. Right. And, and it's at Texas Tech. That's a 50-50. I can see BYU getting it. I can see Texas Tech getting it. And another thing about them, just shout out Texas Tech. They're on their third coach in four years. So, I mean – that turnaround. Who do they got now? Their head coach. Yeah. Grant McCaslin. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there's a story there. What happened to their ex-head coach? Um, he said some insensitive things. That's right. Um, That's right. He pulled a Bob Huggins. Said some yeah. insensitive things. I think somewhat in – In the locker room. Right. Yep, he was doing the biblical preaching and compared his players to slaves. I'm sure that's not what he meant. But also, you can't really give them the benefit no, of the doubt. you don't really so, get the benefit of that. And now, Grant McCaslin area. Yeah. I mean, coached at Midland College for a while. You from Midland? You from Midland? He did coach at Midland, so he's not from there, but he was there. Ken Palm's got that game at 72-71, BYU at Texas Tech. Ooh. Uh, I'd love to leave Texas Tech, but honestly, when it comes Saturday, that might be – if Texas Tech wins – their game this week, that might be the upset I'm looking at. BYU coming and getting it back. Mm, the upset, the most obvious upset on Saturday is unfortunately Creighton going to Seton Hall. You just kind of have to expect mm. it at this point. Okay. What's that bastard Ken well, At this point, it's... <laughs> well, we don't need to touch on him all the time, but, you know, what he, What Ken Palm's saying is Creighton 71, Seton Hall 68. Idiot. He's predicting a win. And you know what? I agree. I think we're getting Seton Hall, especially if they win today. We're getting Seton Hall at a very overpriced ceiling at this point. You know, they're defying expectations. They cannot continue to do this. I hope they do. I am, I'm the biggest fan of these underdog stories. But like we talk about all the time, ebbs and flows. Seton Hall is going to have some ebbing. They're going to have some flowing. And Creighton's got to get their own too. So I think it's a good matchup for Creighton. But I mean, I want Seton Hall to win. This is a great story. I want Seton Hall to win the Big East. That would be absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And very confusing at the same time. I would be lost, but I would be excited about it. I'd be so excited. I mean, we don't – they're the, the Seton Hall Pirates. The Pirates is an underused college team name, any name. It's fun. It's just fun. Pirates. I don't know. It's just fun. Okay, and then my final question for you, and okay, what do you think Iowa keeps it within twenty five of Purdue on Saturday? Mm. Within twenty five, yes. What would you put the spread because... at for? I don't think it's out yet, but what would you personally put that spread at? Where's it at? Is it at Iowa? It's at Carver. It is at Carver. So I think to answer your question, I think Iowa's been playing a lot, a lot better recently. It's not like they've been playing the toughest competition in the Big Ten. But, I mean, for a moment there, there it was really looking like they potentially would be at the bottom of the Big Ten. Still could happen, but they've been on a little bit of a run recently. Mm-hmm. Took down Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Took down Nebraska, both at home. Beat Minnesota on an away game. That was a hot Minnesota team. That was also a hot Nebraska team they beat. That was a hot Nebraska team. That just beat Purdue. 
and now they get Purdue at home. I, I'm okay. To simply answer your question, yes, I was not going to lose by 25. But it's going to depend how physical they get down low in the paint with Owen Freeman, with Ben Cricky. How physical can those guys get? And then how are Purdue's – how's their backcourt playing? How's Painter playing? Mm-hmm. Are, the, are the shots falling? And then how's Peyton Sanford playing? If Iowa plays like they have played, if this sounds – like I'm making fun of them, but I think they still lose because I think <laughs> Iowa at their at their best still cannot beat this Purdue team that is on a revenge tour. But I think they keep it within ten. Okay. Very respectful. You heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here within ten. Yeah, within ten. That's fair. I think you might be onto something. And then some other games just uh that I'm definitely gonna be tuning into this week that we did not touch on. I'll try to watch the – all right, not going from Saturday. From Wednesday and on, Creighton and UConn for sure. Um, I think I'm going to try to tap into this Mississippi-Kentucky game tomorrow. Texas Tech at number five Houston Wednesday. That'll be a good match. Look for Houston to get their first win. Okay. And then Texas Tech gets their win on Saturday. There you go. Uh, USC at number 12 Arizona. I only bring that up because – USC should be doing way better than they are. I'd love for the, them to put up a fight against Arizona. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think you could probably say you the same thing about Arizona. I don't feel like Arizona's playing their best basketball right now. No, if anything, they're kind of pulling a UConn from last year, having a, a killer non-conference, and then starting to falter a little mm-hmm. in their conference play. Let's see if they pick it back up and actually pull the whole UConn. Because they have a complete team. Maybe, maybe that's your maybe that's your futures bet right now, people. Arizona and UConn. I mean, one of these has got to hit. There's only a select amount of teams that are going to win the tournament. You know, regardless of your fandom, there's only they have to fit a criteria, people. Mm-hmm. And, and these teams definitely do. Your team might not. Uh, Arizona, I like up there. UConn, I just want to see that team healthy again. That's really it. Moving on to Saturday. Marquette at St. John's. I think that's fun. Hopefully Patino's recovered from his illness of COVID and he's back. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's ready hopefully go. he packs Lovid. If it's COVID, packs Lovid. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot if that was the Kelsey commercial to get your vaccine or no, it's just a cell commercial where they say if it's COVID, packs Lovid. And COVID's still on the rise, people, so. Mask up? Are you encouraging, dude, encouraging dude, the... No, no, no. I was just... That was basically just an announcement. I have nothing further to say other than that. Saturday <laughs> games, we have Old Miss at number 13, Auburn. People are saying Auburn is the best team in the SEC right now, projecting them to win. I don't see how they win over Kentucky. But Old Miss at Auburn, that will be one I try to tune in on. Uh, I'm sure I catch moments of the Georgia-Kentucky game. ISU at number 19, TCU on Saturday. Alabama at number 6, Tennessee. I'm excited for those games. And, no, there's some good ones on There's some good ones on Saturday. Sunday, nothing too crazy. Uh, if you want to tune in to a potential thriller, Memphis at Tulane. They already played them once. It uh, almost went into overtime. Or if it did, it was a Javon Quinterly OT shot that won it for him. But, yeah, other than that, uh, that's that's yeah. That's about it for the weekend. Sunday's a decent slate. Oregon at Utah, Michigan State at Maryland, but those are just the only Power Six teams playing. So 
we do have an exciting week. You know, I feel like we didn't really talk it up like it is exciting there, but no, tune in. The madness. If you're a, a gambling person on Saturday, take the fucking dogs. Take the dogs. They're they're gonna do you well. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. Maybe get a route. You came off as a pretty big SEC guy there. A lot of SEC games. You know what? I've been excited about watching the SEC, and I think it mainly starts with Kentucky, though, and that's why. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think you have a valid point. All right. So I think we're wrapping up here. Clark, can you send us off after a great fucking podcast? Absolutely. (laughs) Men, women, children, we leave you again on this Wednesday and send you off into the week. And as we send you off into the week, make sure to tune into college basketball. So next week when you listen to us, you know what the fuck we're talking about. Good night.